भगवते वासुदेवाय नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय श्रीमद भागवतम कंठ वन चैप्टर टू टेक्स सेवन Translation and commentary by His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Vasudeva Bhagavati. Vasudeva Bhagavati. Bhakti Yoga Prayojita. Bhakti Yoga Prayojita. Janyatyashu Vairagyam. Nyanam Chayadahaitukam. Translation: By rendering devotional service unto the personality of Godhead Sri Krishna, one immediately acquires causeless knowledge and detachment from the world. Apart, those who consider devotional service to the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna to be something like material emotion, emotional affairs may argue that in the revealed scriptures. Sacrifice, charity, austerity, knowledge, mystic powers, and similar other processes of transcendental realization are recommended. According to them, bhakti or the devotional service of the Lord is meant for those who cannot perform the high-grade activities. Generally, it is said that the bhakti cult is meant for the shudras, vaishyas, and the less intelligent woman class, but that is not the actual fact. The bhakti cult is the topmost of all transcendental activities, and therefore it is simultaneously sublime and easy. It is sublime for the pure devotees who are serious about getting in contact with the supreme Lord, and it is easy for the neophytes who are just on the threshold of the house of bhakti. To achieve the contact of the supreme personality of Godhead, Sri Krishna, is a great science, and it is open for all living beings, including the shudras, vaishyas, women, and even those lower than the low-born shudras. So, what to speak of the high-class men, like the qualified, sorry, uh, brahmanas and the great self-realized kings. The other high-grade activities designated as sacrifice, charity, austerity, etc., are all corollary factors following the pure scientific bhakti cult. The principles of knowledge and detachment are two important factors on the path of transcendental realization. The whole spiritual process leads to perfect knowledge of everything, material and spiritual, and the re- and the results of such perfect knowledge are that one becomes detached from material affection and becomes attached to spiritual activities. Becoming detached from material things does not become does not mean becoming inert altogether, as men with a poor fund of knowledge think. Naish karma means not undertaking activities that will produce good or bad effects. Negation does not mean negation of the positive. Negation of the non-essentials does not mean negation of the essential. Similarly, detachment from material forms does not mean nullifying the positive form. The bhakti cult is meant for realization of the positive form. When the positive form is realized, the ne- negative forms are automatically eliminated. Therefore, with the development of the bhakti cult, with the application of positive service to the positive form, one naturally becomes detached from inferior things, and he becomes attached to superior things. Similarly, the bhakti cult, being the supermost occupation of the living being, leads him out of material sense enjoyment. That is the sign of a pure devotee. He is not a fool, nor is he engaged in the inferior energies, nor does he have material values. This is not possible by dry reasoning. It actually happens by the grace of the Almighty. In conclusion, one who is a pure devotee has all other good qualities, namely knowledge, detachment, etc. But one who has only knowledge or detachment is not necessarily well acquainted with the principles of the bhakti cult. Bhakti is the supermost occupation of the human being. To use a cliche, this purport of Śrīla Prabhupāda is awesome. There's so much packed in there, and it's brimming with transcendental realization that it would take us millions of years to 
consider all the points that are made in there, and still he wouldn't come to an end. Should we have a book table? We'll put a book table. Uh, this verse which we're reading today, along with many of the verses in the, in this second chapter, the beginning of the second chapter of this first canto of Bhagavatam, are seminal verses for understanding what is devotional service. Srila Prabhupada has titled this chapter Divinity and Divine Service. And actually divine service or bhakti yoga that is discussed more at the beginning of the chapter and divinity or the nature of the personality of Godhead is discussed in the second, more in the second part of the chapter. I'm saying these verses are seminal, that means that they can be used to... Uh, so much can be developed by considering them, they're also definitive. Here the important definition is given that bhakti is not dependent upon jnana and vairagya, but rather vice versa. Jnana and vairagya are dependent on bhakti. This is a key point to understand. That bhakti is the fountainhead of all good qualities. Jnanam chayad ahaitukam. Vairagya and jnana, or detachment and knowledge, they spring of themselves from the from bhakti. Bhakti is a gift of the swarup shakti of Krishna or Krishna's personal energy, Radharani, actually. So, mm, within Krishna, all good qualities are there. And those good qualities are also there in Bhakti, which is in one sense non-different from Krishna, because there cannot be Bhakti without Krishna. So just like the sun rays cannot exist without the sun, so in that sense they may be called non-different from the sun. Inseparable, in the sense that they're inseparable. So in the same way bhakti is non-different from Krishna. Within bhakti, or as a result of bhakti, jnana, knowledge and vairagya, detachment, arise. Bhakti... Uh, is not dependent. Another meaning of a haituki means without any cause. That means bhakti is not caught. Bhakti is not caused by jnana and vairagya. Rather, they are they come about without any other cause. Here, a haituki can mean that jnana and vairagya spring without any other cause. Now. In the, toward the end of the purport, Srila Prabhupada writes that one who is a pure devotee has all other good qualities, namely knowledge, detachment, etc. But one who has only knowledge or detachment is not necessarily well acquainted with the principles of the bhakti cult. So here Srila Prabhupada writes that one may have knowledge and detachment but not bhakti. That's the implication of that statement. Whereas the verse itself states that knowledge and detachment, they arise from bhakti. So is Srila Prabhupada contradicting Vyasadeva here? This requires some consideration. Oh, one important point before we go on, this uh, vairagya, the condition is the condition of viraga, 
non-attachment. It means detachment. So this is sometimes confused with the word tiaga, which means renunciation. And the two are very close, but they're not the same. Tiaga is a result of detachment. It's supposed to be. It's generally considered like that. Although it can also be the result of attachment. Because detachment is often a symptom of intense attachment. For instance, someone, pranatya, they give up their life because they're attached. They're very much attached to the idea that I should be happy, I should enjoy this world, but not finding any means to do so as a protest to make uh, everyone feel bad about and, and to bring a, attention to themselves, they commit suicide. Actually, there are many more attempted suicides than suicides. In other words, people make a pretense. They're not really serious, but they, they make a show of committing suicide just to attract sympathy. So they're not, it's not that they're really detached. They're very attached but they make a show of being detached. The Mayavadis also, because the, they want to enjoy this material world, but being unable to do so, they say, okay, now I'm becoming detached. Actually, they have a strong desire to enjoy. Therefore, they don't take up Krishna consciousness. It's only because of... It's not that they have any actual, genuinely spiritual motive. It's just... Their, renun their, their uh, renunciation is motivated not actually by detachment, but it, well, it's a kind of detachment that arises from uh, disappointment, but given the chance, they'll take up the life of attachment again. There's no real, it's not very deep, their detachment. It's, their detachment is based on inability to enjoy it's like, uh, you know, you lose a lot of money and then you say, oh, well, what to do, you know, too bad. It's not that you're actually happy with that you lost it, but you, you realize there's nothing I can do about it. But if someone wants to give you that money, that same amount, you'll be very happy to receive it. It's not that you're actually detached, but... You just don't have the means to indulge your feeling of attachment. So it's this kind of knowledge and detachment that Srila Prabhupada is referring to when he says that one may have knowledge and detachment, but not bhakti. Here it's in this verse it's implied that bhakti itself gives rise to knowledge and detachment. So how can one have knowledge and detachment without bhakti? And the answer is that actually you can't, but you can have a shadow or a semblance of knowledge and detachment. One may have the knowledge. Knowledge here means to understand that this material world is miserable and that I am not part of this world, aham brahmasmi. I am spirit. And detachment means that one is not trying to enjoy this world. But if one doesn't have bhakti, genuine bhakti, then that knowledge and detachment is only superficial. Real knowledge means not only aham brahmasmi, but real knowledge is to identify oneself in one's spiritual position of service to Krishna and service to Krishna's servants. But if one only identifies oneself as Brahma, Brahma means Brihat, that which is vast. So it means that actually one is identifying oneself with God rather than 
identifying oneself as the servant of the Supreme, and you come back to the same demoniac position, Ishvaraham, the demons are characterized as saying, Ishvaraham aham bhogi, siddho ham balavan suki. So the Mayavadis just change this a little bit. Instead of thinking, Ishva, I am the, I am the controller, I am the enjoyer, I am perfect, powerful and happy, they think, Ishvara ham aham tyagi. I am the supreme, I am renounced, I am perfect, powerful and happy. Just a little bit change. So this bhog and tyag, they are two sides of the same coin of attachment. But genuine detachment is attachment, genuine detachment from this material world is based on attachment to serving Krishna, by which automatically one is not attached to enjoying this material world. There's no interest. One is who is on a higher platform, why should they be attracted to the lower platform? It comes automatically. It's not that you have to... One who is absorbed in serving Krishna and loving Krishna, it's not that they have to think that now, oh, I, oh there's something to enjoy. Okay, I, I, I won't enjoy it. But rather, one uh, is autom- There's no interest in that. Srila Prabhupada often quote, Yadavadhi mamachitta krishna padaravinde navanavarasam dhamadyuntamasit tadavadhi bhata nari sangame smaryamane bhavati mukavikara sushtu nishthivanamcha. That when, now that I'm enjoying Yadavad, since I've been absorbed in serving Krishna and relishing the nectar of serving Krishna, whenever I think of my previous activities of enjoying women, when that thought comes in my mind, I'm no longer attracted to the idea of enjoying women, but rather my lips curl up and I spit in distaste. So, it's not that one has to think, oh, ah, I shouldn't enjoy. But rather, one is with no interest. And in this particular case, because the speaker of this verse had, prior to being absorbed in Krishna consciousness, indulged much in that kind of enjoyment, his reaction to that is that when he thinks of how he wasted his life and his energy not serving Krishna, he becomes disgusted. It's not that he becomes disgusted at women, as is sometimes misinterpreted, but he becomes disgusted at his own previous proclivity for enjoying women. So this verse is not a declaration of hatred of the female gender, but of the uh, the misuse <clears throat> that this devotee understood that he the misuse of his life that he understood he had indulged in. So uh, knowledge and renunciation they arise from bhakti, not vice versa. But there must be some knowledge and renunciation, otherwise one cannot even take to bhakti in the first place. One has to have some knowledge, at least theoretical knowledge, that I am not a product of this material world, I am spiritual, I belong to Krishna, I am meant to serve Krishna. That knowledge should be there. If you don't have at least that much knowledge, then how can we even start to do bhakti? Of course, it could be said that, well, somehow or other one can do something, even the dog who gets some prasadam, he doesn't know anything, he can't quote any Bhagavad Gita verses, but he's taking prasadam, which is bhakti. But that's, all right, that can be called bhakti, or some semblance of bhakti, but here it's not, as stated in this verse, bhakti yoga prayojitaha. It's not uh, 
application of bhakti yoga. Some definitely, knowingly or unknowingly, if one takes prasadam, there's a link with the with bhakti, but it's not bhakti yoga. Bhakti yoga means to consciously take up the process of devotional service with the aim of linking with Krishna in eternal service. So there must be some knowledge, otherwise, otherwise you one won't take it up. Why should you take it up? And there must be some knowledge of how to do it. There must be some preliminary knowledge. And there must be some detachment also, because one cannot take up bhakti yoga and at the same time indulge in gross sense gratification. One cannot be a devotee and a debauchee at the same time. It's not possible. A devotee has to... If one is seriously practicing bhakti yoga, then he has to give up sinful activities. So there must be some preliminary knowledge and detachment, but fully realized knowledge and detachment from this world, they uh, arise from the state of uh, fully applying oneself in bhakti. And even the preliminary knowledge of and, and the preliminary detachment, one agrees to follow four regulative principles, is some kind of detachment. Even that, that only comes by contact with devotees who are situated in bhakti. So actually that even the preliminary knowledge and detachment comes from bhakti, comes from devotees. Bhaktya sanjataya bhaktya. Bhakti gives a rise to bhakti. Not that knowledge or renunciation give rise to bhakti. The knowledge and renunciation that are, or sorry, knowledge and detachment, they're different. Where knowledge and detachment, that one, one acquires them by association with devotees. Bhaktischa Bhagavad Bhakta Sangena Parijayate. Bhakti arises by association with devotees. Devotees uh, instruct persons who are desirous to know about bhakti. And devotees, by their own manifest detachment from this world and attachment to Krishna, which is a byproduct of bhakti or an inseparable byproduct of bhakti, they uh, inspire persons who don't have that detachment to themselves that such persons feel that I also want to be like that. So bhakti gives rise to bhakti and knowledge and detachment, they are produced from bhakti, not vice versa. In the... Where is that? Uh, is it Padma Purana? There's the... Figuratively, knowledge and renunciation are... No, it's in Bhagavad Mahatma, which is maybe in Padma Purana. Knowledge and renunciation are described as the figurative sons of Bhakti Devi. Padma hmm? Purana. That Bhakti Devi, her two sons, maybe not figuratively also, maybe, uh, maybe factually also, but they, they, she gives rise, Bhakti Devi gives rise to knowledge and renunciation. Knowledge and detachment, sorry. And detachment is manifested as renunciation. I'm also mixing up the two terms here because they are very close. So, uh, although one doesn't have to be very learned or very renounced to take up bhakti, if one does take up bhakti, seriously, then the result will be knowledge and detachment, which are inseparable from bhakti. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's cult is described by Savabhom Bhattacharya as Vairagya Vidya Nija Bhakti Yogam. 
Shikshata make up Purushaf Purana, Shri Krishna Chaitanya Sharira Dhari. Kripam Buddhya Yastamaham Prabhadhyay, Savabhoma Bhattacharya says, I surrender to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who is an ocean of mercy, who uh, has appeared as Sri Krishna Chaitanya, the ocean of mercy who has appeared in the form of Sri Krishna Chaitanya, who he has appeared in this form to teach bhakti to himself, that bhakti which is characterized by vairagya vidya, knowledge and renunciation. We find in Bhagavatam also, in a description of the Bhagavatam, what is the subject matter of the Bhagavatam? Bhagavatam describes itself as Tatra Jnana Viraga Naishkarmyam Sahitam Bhakti Avishkritam That herein Bhakti is discovered or revealed that Bhakti which is characterized by jnana and viraga, same thing, knowledge and detachment, manifested in activities which are performed without any fruitive result. Of course, many of these terms are very technical, and to state them in English is... uh, one has to use a little, uh, or Srila Prabhupada used terms that may not be understood in ordinary English, fruitive result. That if you, the average English speaker won't understand what this means, but fruitive result, this refers to karma fal. It literally means the, the result of one's activities and naish karma means activities performed without desire for fruitive result so uh, these are all inseparable the renunciation and knowledge detachment and bhakti, they're inseparable. Now, one can perform bhakti with the desire for some fruitive result. So, what happens then? Or what's, how does detachment arise if one is deliberately performing bhakti with the idea of some fruitive result? It may do also, by the power of... Bhakti is so powerful that if one... Even if one for the purpose of material gain, worships Krishna, then the effect of worshipping Krishna may very well be that one becomes so attracted to Krishna that he's no longer attracted to the material goal that he was aiming for, as is famously happened in the case of Dhruva Maharaj. Therefore we have the verse, Akama sarva kama va moksha kama udara dhihi Tibrena bhakti yogena yajita purushankaram. Whether one is full of desires, has no desires, or desires moksha, one should worship the Supreme Lord. But how tivrena in a most intense manner? When uh, generally, when bhakti is referred to in Srimad Bhagavatam. It doesn't mean this kind of wishy-washy, maybe I will, maybe I won't, take it easy, relax, have a good time, so-called bhakti. This uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sartakwa, in his early writings especially, along with, uh, well, he claimed, Generally, you see, when classifying non-devotees, especially in Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati's writings, you'll find he refers to them as 
karmis, gyanis, and anyabhilashis. So this is anyabhilashi, means those who desire something else. So this is uh, redacted, I guess you could say, from the famous verse, anyabhilashita shunyam jnana kamadhyana vitam anukulyena krishnanushilanam bhakti ruttama. Topmost bhakti is described as that in which there is no other desire than to serve Krishna, which is favorably executed without any other desire than to than to please Krishna, and which is not covered by karma or jnana. So Karmis, Gyanis, and Anyabhilashis. They're lumped together as non-devotees. And Bhaktisthan Sarasar in his early writings especially, he would add another category to that. Means what I was just talking about. The lax, take it or easy, take, take it or leave it, don't strain yourself too much, don't... Uh, you know, don't be very detached and do bhakti. This kind of bhakti. There's, there's one word he used. Slagyavadi. People who take it easy. Don't strain yourself too much. Have a, have a good time. Enjoy this world and do bhakti also. So he, he classified them this this Narotam Dash Thakur also. Jnani Karmi Michabhakta Natate Hoy Anurakta Ebhakti Paramakaran. He said Narotam Das says that the the prime cause of developing bhakti is to not be attached to the association of jnanis karmis and false devotees. So, bhakti, even if one does have material desires, that should be executed tivrena bhakti yogena, application of very intense devotional service. And that will burn up material desires. And reveal Tesham Adityvajganam Prakashiati Tatparam. It's just like the sun reveals knowledge. So the the concentrated sunbeam of devotional service, the intense sunlight that reveals the knowledge, Swarup Jnana, knowledge of who we are, who is Krishna. And that simultaneously burns up material attachments. But this, uh, this wishy-washy so-called devotional service, that will not have that same result. One will remain materially attached. So we can see who is advancing in devotional service. So many, just like people come like this. They're coming to the temple. They'll come, they'll show some respect to Bhagavan and go. But they won't stay in here. And they can maybe whole life. Oh, he is staying. Very good. All right. Well, take someone else. Or another thing, we see that in Dala Vidyanaga. That they, they're going past on the motorbike and you, the, the temple's right on the, the, just in front of the road. So they'll stop, go like this, and then <laughs> go off on their motorbike again. But they don't, at least they, they do that much. They stop and maybe the day before their exam they'll even come inside the temple and pray that my, my God, I've got an exam coming up. You better help me now. So, uh, that's not really... Well, it's uh, the outer 
limits of something resembling bhakti. But that is that will not produce the result of knowledge and detachment from this world. One has to become close enough to the sun's rays to get the effect. If one, uh, just like for for treating certain diseases, one is advised to go into the sunlight. Of course, if you go in the sunlight in Chennai in this season, you probably get diseased. It's very hot. But that means actually the morning sun is... Early morning sun is good for health. Maybe in this season it's already, already too hot at six o'clock in the morning. But uh, if one stays in one's room and says, well, the sunlight's here, you see, it's also... We can, we can see without any lamp, that means the sunlight is here. But you won't get the benefit of going into the sun. So one has to expose oneself to bhakti. Again, that means uh, to devotees. That one can come with one's own misconceptions before the Lord and make some prayers according to one's misconceptions and go out again. And you'll have misconceptions before you came in and when you went out again. So, uh, coming into the atmosphere of bhakti means Associating with devotees, that's the beginning. And the association with devotees, devotees are intense persons. They're intensely attached to Krishna. That is their knowledge. Knowledge means to be intensely attached to Krishna. That one, Krishna is supreme. We are, our relationship is with him. Our relationship isn't with this body or some bricks and stone which I call my home or some other lumps of flesh and blood who I call my family members. My relationship is with Krishna. So that is knowledge. And detachment means to see the bhumirapo nalovayo kangmano buddhirevacha, to see the transformations of this material world as products of Krishna's energy, not something for me to enjoy. That is detachment. So that comes about by association with devotees who tell us these things. They speak, they give the knowledge in such a way that knowledge is automatically, real knowledge is actually accompanied by detachment. So, uh, one who is actually intelligent, uh, what is that? Satsu Buddhiman, Santa Eva Suchindanti Manovya Sangamukti Bihi What's the beginning of that verse? Anyway, uh, the purport of this verse from Bhagavatam is that Tadodu Sangamutsrija Satsu Sajeta Buddhiman Santa Evasya Chindanti Manovya Sangamukti Bihi. Therefore, when one has some idea of what is reality, then he should give up bad association. One who is intelligent should associate with devotees. And what will one get from association with devotees? That the devotees, they certainly, by their words, they slash the attachments which are within our mind. They cut it. We think that a sadhu is one who makes us feel very nice. Oh yes, here's your, here's your nice home and we'll bless your home and bless your children and give them a blessing. They can pass their exam. Yesterday someone wanted me to touch their pen, thinking, that, thinking maybe that then they could write and they would pass their exam with it. Whatever. Yeah, insisting. I said, if you take a book, I'll sign it with the pen. But this idea that I will use the sadhu as a tool in my plans to enjoy this material world, and false sadhus, they, they join this hoax. They're cheaters. Real sadhu must speak to cut your material attachments. 
and give give knowledge of Krishna. Even one who talks about Krishna but doesn't cut the material attachments, that means that not that so-called knowledge of Krishna is piled on top of your misconceptions. So you don't actually get knowledge of Krishna. It doesn't cut the message. You may sit and listen, oh, Krishna is very nice, Krishna is still in the butter. And at the bottom you're thinking, yes, and I'm Krishna too. Or whatever your particular misconception may be. Or Krishna is a result of the impersonal Brahman. Or nothing's real, nothing really exists, but Krishna's an idea that we, if we listen to, we can realize that Krishna doesn't exist, I don't exist, nothing exists, you don't exist. And there are so many crazy ideas. So the, that's why the sadhus, they have to cut these wrong ideas by giving actual knowledge. Actual knowledge cons- is two phases. Understanding what is reality and understanding what is not reality. And people have got so many wrong ideas of what they think reality is. So detachment means to cut all these ideas. There's no use to say that it's very nice. Oh, you think that uh, Krishna is a result of the impersonal wrong? Oh, very nice, very good. No, it's not very good. You're a complete demon and a rascal. And you think that you're doing bhakti. You're not doing bhakti. Your bhakti is like that of putana, coming and looking very nice to Krishna. But you have no... Actually, you want to kill Krishna by saying that Krishna doesn't exist. Putana came with a show of bhakti, but she wanted that Krishna will not exist. So, so those that they may be doing a show of bhakti, but if they don't, if they if they don't accept Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead, who we have to surrender to, then their bhakti is very dangerous. Don't associate with such people. They want to make yes, live very happily and very nicely in this material world. And at this point, I guess people say, oh, that's Bhakti Vikas Swami off on one of his fanatical trips and like that. And those who don't want to hear these things, they'll, this kind of talk, they'll put it in a box. They'll call it fanaticism and file it away and never listen to it and never have anything to do with it so they can go on with their so-called devotion and while cultivating their material attachment. Actual devotion is uh, vairagya vidya. Without vairagya, there is no vidya. One may pass their bhakti shastra examination, get first grade marks, whatever, but if there's no vairagya, there's no realization. If one is attached to this material world, then where is the bhakti? Bhakti Pureshanubhavo Viraktiranyatra. This is the test. Bhakti means to be attached to the Supreme Lord. Actually experiencing that, and that is symptomized by detachment from everything else. Yesterday I was talking about Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati, who arranged for the British governor of Bengal and his party when they came to Mayapur, he arranged for them to eat meat. So, that doesn't sound like detachment. That is first-class devotional service. And people will criticize. that. What is he doing? That's against the principles of bhakti. People who have no idea think that to do so is against the principles of bhakti. But because he intimately understands the principles of bhakti, therefore he did that. Not that he was deviating from bhakti. Because they had a purpose to have the whole world surrender to Krishna and stop, automatically they'll stop eating meat, which is, we're not a vegetarian society, where our preaching is not stop eating meat, but our preaching is come to Krishna, surrender to Krishna, then automatically meat eating will be stopped. But as a uh, tool in promoting the preaching mission, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarsar had the divine insight to do this. And rascals, they will criticize. Oh, what's he doing in the dham? Serving meat. And actually, the you can get in the dham also, fish and all these things. I mean, there's so many Muslims living in Mayapur of Muslim village, even up to the present time. So... Uh, 
But they're eating meat, that's not the same as Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati providing that. So, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, his aim is on, only to serve Krishna. And he sees the way to do that. He's not attached. You see, he's not attached even to, be known, to being known as a very pious sadhu. He knows people will criticize him. But he's not, and if he's speaking strongly, he knows people will criticize him. But he's not attached to uh, having the profile of a very nice sadhu who goes around and makes people feel happy in their illusion. He's not attached to that. He's attached to serving Krishna and pleasing Krishna. And even if the whole world is against him, he will go on serving Krishna. That is detachment. Not just making a show of being a sadhu. Sometimes people, just like this man last night, he was saying that, well, it's all right to do bhakti, but shouldn't you also be honest and dutiful and punctual and sincere? As I explained, these these terms have no meaning except in devotional service. And actually a devotee, yes. He is, a devotee is hardworking and punctual and since a, dev, he's a real devotee doesn't uh, do things half-heartedly. We can't be bothered. Can't be bothered to keep things clean because anyway it'll be dirty again next day, so... No, no need to clean every day because anyway it gets dirty again. So you might as well say, well, no, ne- no need to eat because you'll be hungry again. But no one says that. <laughs> Very good reasoning. Oh, it gets dirty, so no need to clean it. All right, so we won't feed you. Because anyway you're going to get hungry again, so no need to feed you. But everything should be clean for Krishna. Devotee is not lax in his efforts to serve Krishna. And actually he's detached from this material world. Actual detachment is there. He's not interested to enjoy this material world. It's very frightening talk for many people. Many people, they become very afraid when they hear this. They think, oh no, now I have to surrender to Krishna. It's too much. I thought I was gonna thought I was gonna come to the Bhagavatam class and hear something about some nice stories about Krishna and playing his flute and got all this heavy stuff. Too much. Anyway, maybe as a result of the austerity of sitting through that, Krishna will bless me that I can get some more money or something like that. But uh Bhakti means the mentality of pleasing Krishna. Not that I, this idea that I will live very comfortably in this world and Krishna will bless me for that. That is neither vairagya nor vidya. Therefore, we recommend brahmachari life because in family life, there's a concession for sense gratification. Sorry for all the grihastas here, but we have to speak the truth. And this, that, that concession is, uh, that covers one's knowledge. So recommend it. Better don't go that way. Of course, the greatest example of vairagya in the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is who? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? No. No. Who is it? Rupa Goswami? No. Uh, Srivashtako? I was going to say Ramananda Rai, who Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said his level of vairagya is, is greater than mine. Ramananda Rai was uh, apparently a householder. So it is possible, it's not impossible to be. Again, we have the example of. Uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, who, apart from all the uh, immeasurable contribu- literary contributions he made to the world, 
He also contributed Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, who uh, was a disciple of Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj, who is described as Sakshad Vairagya Murti. Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj is Sakshad Vairagya Murti. He is the, directly the very form of Vairagya detachment. And Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati was no less. Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati was living in the same mood of Vairagya. Gorky Shah would say that I see in my Prabhu, he would refer to his disciple, Siddhanta Saraswati, I see in him the same renunciation as Rupa and Raghunath. Raghunath was so detached. He would, he would only take a little buttermilk every day or two. And he would condemn himself at that time. That, See, now I'm sense gratification. So, <laughs> who's ready for that? Bhaktisthan was living a very renounced life until he took sannyas. And then he started living in posh buildings with furniture and riding in motor cars after he took sannyas. Before that, he was living like Gorky Shodas Babaji. When he took sannyas, he started doing all crazy things like a raging beat for the governor in Mali. You say, you know, what, you know where, where do you get that idea from? But it's all, there's no difference. The, the renunciation of Gorky Shah and the renunciation of Bhakti Siddhan, there's no difference. Only that, the renunciation of Bhakti Siddhan, that is applied in this world for the sake of what is necessary to serve Krishna. He himself had no taste for these things. He was already living a totally renounced life. That he he was uh, sitting under sitting in Mayapur, chanting day and night, and just in a grass hut. And he would only take a little rice once a day. So he was. But then, for the sake of following the order of Gorky Shodas Babaji Maharaj to preach, preach the message of the Shatsandarbhas, putting aside all other works. So he put aside all other works, including his own highly renounced existence. But he didn't change, he didn't become less renounced, but he just applied it in a different way because he saw that too change the people of the world, it's required to uh, interact with them. If I just, uh, you see, even now in Mayapur, we have the Bhaktivedya Purna Maharaj's Gurukul, in which the young students, they go just uh, in some simple clothes, and uh, some of our very sophisticated so-called devotees refer to them as half-naked savages because they think they're very, these so-called devotees think that they're very sophisticated. So they're living like that, Gurukul existence, very renounced. That's training. But if they go in, later they may go into the world and preach, and then they will, probably they won't dress like that in cultures where that isn't understood. This Chandrasekharendran in Kanchi, he would dress like that throughout his life. Because people in this part of the world, they appreciate a sadhu for that. But in other, in, in, in the the governor of Bengal would not, he wouldn't have been uh, impressed by Bhakti Siddhanta if he had thought he was just another of these half-naked beggars who go in the name of sadhus. But because Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati had big buildings and his sannyasis went in cars and they spoke English, the governor is the governor of Bengali. He didn't speak Bengali. So uh, the, the, the governor could relate with him. He could talk to him in his own language and, and sit, him, sit him down at a table to eat. And Bhaktisiddhan Sarasur would sit at the table with sadhus. They don't sit at tables to eat. Tables and chairs. But he, did, he was able to accommodate him. And in this way they got government support and they were able to print... The, to get permission to print their uh, newspapers, which in, in those days in India, the, you, you can't just print a newspaper. The government was very 
carefully watching because there was so much political sedition, and especially in Bengal. So they got the permission to print their newspaper and perform their activities with government support. So Bhaktisthan Sarasri had a purpose. He was completely detached from this world. So this detachment is required. It is a symptom of bhakti. And if we are actually going to be devotees, we, we although actual knowledge and, renunci- and detachment, they are symptoms of bhakti, but then we have to have some knowledge of what bhakti is. Otherwise, if we think that bhakti means acting in a way to enjoy this material world and asking Krishna for his blessings, then we'll never get bhakti because we're not performing bhakti. And we'll get just a semblance of bhakti. We won't get the real thing. We may think it's the real thing. You see, I'm chanting 16 rounds, following four regulated principles. I'm initiated. I go to the temple once a week. I, I, I go on book distribution. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm, but I'm damn sure my son's never going to become a brahmachari. He should work hard, get a good job and earn lots of money and be a respectable member of society. So this kind of attitude is, uh, is not bhakti. That uh, we're doing, at least is not the bhakti that our acharyas have come to teach us. This is more like Daksha's kind of bhakti. Daksha is also some kind of a devotee. He had the vision of the Lord. But then he prayed to the Lord, give me power so that I can produce more population. He didn't say, hey, my sons, they went off and, and went back to Godhead. They were supposed to do, produce population. Maybe I should too. I was born as a prajapati, but what's the use of being a prajapati? Better go back to Godhead. He didn't think like that even when he had direct darshan of the Lord. He thought, I have to do my material duty. I have to be a pious Hindu. And so even with direct darshan of the Lord, he didn't get the point. He missed the point. Matiyana Krishna Paratasvato Vamito Vipadyeta Grihavratanam Adanta Govya Vishatanta Mistram Punah Punas Charvita Chavananam Chewing the chewed, their inclination toward Krishna is not aroused, neither by their own effort or the efforts of others, even by reasoning and deliberating about it. They don't come to the point in in uh, America, they, they often say that they're trying to explain something to someone. They say, well, you just don't get it. You know, and I've explained it, but you just don't get it. So, it's like that. We, we can go on saying these things and certain people will sit there and go, yes, 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 yes. And then, they, but, uh, but actually, they, they have going on in their mind, no, no, no. No, not for me. That's all right for him. And, you know, there's these fanatics. So you know, like I said, put them in the fanatic box, and you know, feed them hundred rupee donation or something, and ask for their blessing. You never know; they might get it. They might give some kind, some kind of blessing, and uh, you know, that's all right for them. Maybe yes, it's very good what they're doing. That's good for them. And maybe I'll do that when I'm. 99 years old, I'll, you know, I'll also do that. But in the meantime, I have to look after my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren and I have to make them doctors and engineers and uh, material successes and that's the, really the important thing. That's the real way to preach, that every, everyone who comes to devotional service, no one should ever surrender their life fully to Krishna, but they should all become doctors and engineers and then the whole world will become Krishna conscious. Vasudeva Bhagavati, engineer, doctor, prayojita, I don't say any such thing. That by becoming a successful materialist, then automatically everyone becomes advanced and loves Krishna. I don't see, I, I don't see any such thing in Shastra like this. Or practically. You, what is that? I, Yadrishi Yadrishi Shraddha Siddhya Bhavati Tadrishi. Whatever kind of conception we cultivate, that's the kind of Siddhi we get. So if you want engineer Siddhi, you might you might become a good engineer. But if you want doctor Siddhi, 
we might become a good doctor. But if we want bhakti with knowledge which is characterized by knowledge and detachment, that we have to cultivate. It doesn't, when we say, oh, it arises automatically, okay, I'll chant 16 rounds and uh, be a good materialist. I, 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 you know, I'm very good here. I offer all my food, most of it. And, uh, you know, I, every time I buy bread and biscuits from the shop, I, almost every time I offer them to Krishna. So, you see, I'm a good devotee, and uh, as a result of that, then you, automatically knowledge and renunciation will arise. But no, it doesn't happen, because you're not cultivating bhakti in such a way that it will arise. So, one gets one result from doing one thing and another result from doing something else. And it's not just what we do, but the attitude which is there. So, in family life also, it's very important as, as devoted. We don't think that family life in Krishna consciousness means that, you see, basically you have the same outlook as every householder in the whole of Chennai, but you don't eat meat and you chant Hare Krishna sometimes when you can. But it means that whether, whether one is a Grihasta, Brahmachai, whatever, that our goal of life has to be very clearly focused, that I'm here to serve Krishna. Labdva sudurlabhamidang bahusambhavante manusham artadamanityam apihadhira Churnam having attained this human birth after many, many lifetimes. We should consider that I'm not going to be here long. I'm going to die soon. Before I die, I have to do whatever is required so that I don't get born again. In sense gratification, I already did it millions of times. So that's true. It's not that because one's a grihasta that he's not going to die. Or that you get, that at the end of life, you see, you, you get 20 years in which all of a sudden you've been enjoying yourself all your life and all of a sudden I become the age of 60 and all of a sudden you become renounced. It doesn't happen like that. And practically we see that. We see so many of our householder devotees they read Prabhupada's books, Panchas Ordvang Barang Vajet, at the age of 50, one should go to the forest. And they read it, and they become 50 and 60 and 70, and it never happens. They never leave their situation of attachment because they never cultivated the sense of determination. Maybe when their wife dies, then they, they think, oh, okay, all right, I guess I should take sannyas. But oh, how can I take sannyasa? I have my grandchildren, and it goes on and on. So one has to, one has to cultivate this. I mean, I know this may make some people feel uncomfortable, but damn it, this material world is uncomfortable. It's better to recognize that and uh, understand that we're not meant for living comfortably in this world. When we're talking about detachment, we're not just talking about. We're not just talking about like, like Raghunath Das who takes a little bit of buttermilk every day or two. But even the desire for living comfortably in this world. I mean, you have to go to so much effort to live comfortably. To, to run this electric fan and pay your electric bill, you have to go through so much difficulty. Prabhupada, he recommended, for, you know, he wanted for Grihas, they can live on farms and live simply. When we see devotees how can I live without electricity? They can't imagine it. See, they're complaining. You say, I don't get time for doing sadhana. I'm so busy. I have to work 9 o'clock in the morning till 9 o'clock at night. And we say, why don't you come and join the farm and chant Hare Krishna? And after dark, there's no electricity, so there's nothing else to do except chant Hare Krishna. So how can I live without electricity? So then they work seven days a week, 9 in the morning till 9 at night, so that they can come home and sleep under an electric fan which blows the hot air all over them all night long. Whereas if you're anyway out in the country, then anyway there's a nice cool breeze. But they say, oh, how can I do that? It's, it's, it's going back to primitive life. Even some, some people, they grew up in the village, they never had electricity in the village, 
They've been in the city for ten years and they think, I can't go back to that. <laughs> so Prabhupada said that you actually, you can, he was talking about farm life. He said you can only live simply if you're a devotee, if you have a spirit of devotion. And then the, uh, from that, automatically the spirit of detachment will come. But if one thinks that it's more important for me to live comfortably than to advance spiritually, then where's the spiritual advancement? You don't make it. So these uh, points, they should be discussed. It's, uh, I know, it, as I say, it's painful for people to hear, but if we don't, if we don't accept, it's like the doctor's knife. Unless we accept that pain, then the, the, the boil or the, the wound will go on increasing. So you either accept the, the pain of, it's actually not pain, it gives rise to great happiness. Serving Krishna, it's not something nasty like, you know, oh, now I've got to surrender to Krishna. How horrible. Oh, oh no. It's not like that. It's actually very blissful. But to act, actually enter the blissful life of Krishna consciousness, it requires that we stop trying to enjoy the so-called bliss of this material world. It's unavoidable. So either now, or after 20 years, or after 20 lifetimes, or 20 billion lifetimes, one has to come to this point. And the sooner the better. That's all. You have to go... At some point, one has to accept that, yes, this is the fact, this material world is miserable, there's no use trying to enjoy it, it's impossible. I've tried in millions of lifetimes, not only me, but every living being in the universe has tried for billions of lifetimes to enjoy it. It's not possible, it never will be possible, so she just surrendered to Krishna. At some point, we have to make that decision, and when we do, then our blissful life of Krishna conscious actually starts. And until then, then we just have to go on suffering in this material world. So, if you want to save yourself the pain of hearing such things and considering it painful, you, should, you can just accept it. That's all. Because at some point you're going to have to. Alright, I'll finish there. It's quite late. I guess everyone has to rush off to the office. I was saying it's nine to nine, but it's already past nine, so I've delayed you from the really important thing of life, which is working like an ass so you can earn some money. And we'll finish there. Unless there's any question or comment.